You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. If you miss any of our past shows, you can always go to online to the podcast. We're on all the major podcast platforms, iTunes and Spotify and Google and Stitcher and Podbean and Amazon. You can also find us on Instagram, on TalkLine's Instagram, that's Zev Brenner Radio. You can also find us on Twitter and our own channel on YouTube. Or you can go to Jewish podcast.org jewishpodcast.org if you want to download on your cell phone it's yit podcast yit pod so you can download us from there as well tonight we have a very special broadcast for you gabe geller from ken and wine will explain some of the different qualities of jewish wine on a sad note of course uh we are deeply deeply saddened by the terrible terrible tragedy in israel and Maron on the Jewish holiday of Lag Boma, which is supposed to be a festive day. And we'll be speaking to Uriel Goldberg, International Relations Coordinator and paramedic for Mugendov at a dome. And they were there with helicopters and with blood and with ambulances. And they actually saved lives. And it's still 45 were lost, but it would have been a lot greater tragedy had not they been there and we'll talk to them. Rabbi Dr. Aaron Glad is an infectious disease specialist. He is a doctor. He is a rabbi. And we'll look at the do's and don'ts. Can I go to shul? Can I go to synagogue? Can I eat? Do I have to wear a mask? If others wear a mask and I don't, what are the rules? He's an expert. We will hear from him. So you don't want to miss our very, very special broadcast. We are America's only Jewish radio programs and regular broadcast radio on the internet and digital platforms. We begin right after these messages. Are you interested in hosting your own radio show and podcast, or perhaps a TV program? Talkline Network can help you get on the air from one hour weekly to 24 hours a day. Ideal for ethnic, foreign language, medical, business, and religious broadcasting. We also have full-time radio stations for lease, as well as FM HD channels. For more information, please call 212-769-1925. That's 212-769-1925. Or email zevrenner at gmail.com. All New Yorkers 16 and older can now get COVID-19 vaccines. And we have one thing to say. Woohoo! It's your turn. Make an appointment today. Visit nyc.gov slash vaccine finder or call 877-VAX-4NYC. COVID-19 vaccines are now available to all New Yorkers 16 and older. Help us get one shot closer to a COVID-free NYC. Make an appointment today. Visit nyc.gov slash vaccine finder or call 877-VAX-4NYC. Don't blow a fuse because you're having trouble making a connection with an electrician. Hershey Framowitz and his licensed crew at Safety Electric take pride in responding quickly and safely to all your electrical needs. Whether large or small, private or commercial, Safety Electric is here to service you at prices that are affordable, especially during these trying times. They do new meters, remove violations, new wiring, and camera systems, as well as renovations and 220-volt wiring. Safety Electric is light years ahead of the competition, so for quality work, reasonable prices, and your satisfaction guaranteed, please call 347-645-4321 for a free quote and take charge of all your electrical needs. That's 347-645-4321. Please mention you heard it on TalkLine and get 20% off your electrical job. Call 347-645-4321, 347-645-4321 for your 20% discount. Do you have fatigue, brain fog, weight gain, gut problems, or unexplained symptoms? 
Dr. Kelman, an internist and pioneer in holistic functional medicine and best-selling author, can help. He finds the root causes through deeper testing methods and treats patients with natural compounds, hormone therapy, IV nutrition, and cutting-edge technologies. He's helped thousands of patients from all over the world, and he can help you, too. Call the Kelman Wellness Center at 833-MD-HELP-ME for more information about how Dr. Kelman can help you feel your best. That's 833-MD-HELP-ME. Learn more about the Kelman Wellness Center at kelmancenter.com. That phone number again, 833-MD-HELP-ME. That's 833-MD-HELP-ME. COVID-19 vaccines are now available to all New Yorkers 16 and older. Help us get one shot closer to a COVID-free NYC. Make an appointment today. Visit nyc.gov slash vaccine finder or call 877-VAX-4NYC. Are you interested in selling radio or TV time? TalkLine Communications Network is looking for go-getters who are independent and interested in earning high commissions. If you are a good communicator, have excellent people skills, and have sales experience, this could be a wonderful opportunity for you. Ideal for students or housewives and can be part or full-time. For more information, please call 212-769-1925. That's 212-769-1925. Or you can email info at talklinecommunications.com. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And welcome to another Kenham Corner. Here on WOR 710 AM radio with us once again is Gabe Gello, Director of Public Relations, Manager of Wine Education, Kedem World Wines, and he knows all about wine. So, Gabe, good to speak with you again. It's great to, uh, it's great to hear your voice, Zev. Thank you. I know you travel. Are, are you still doing as much traveling now? Yeah, not so much, but I happen to be traveling today uh, to, to Baltimore. Okay, because you visit all the places, restaurants and catering halls and wine establishments. So that's part because Kedem is growing. And, you know, Kedem is a leader in wines. And you know, some, some people have asked me, Gabe, this question is that there are two different kinds of kosher wines. It's called Mavushal, that's pasteurized. I guess that's the best terminology. And wine that's not Mavushal, which is not pasteurized. And the thinking was that it's a much better quality than the wine that's not Mavushal. But I believe with the technology today, you you cannot really tell a difference. Maybe you can explain to our audience what the differences are and, and what are some of the quality wines that, you know, that even though they may not be Mavushal, but they're still great. So yes, uh, there is still there is still nowadays uh, uh, a lot of debate among you know, wine lovers and mevushal, uh, not mevushal, uh, and it is true that uh, up until a few decades ago already, mevushal uh, wines uh, are usually uh, terrible, uh, and that's because they were literally cooked. That's what that's what mevushal means. It's been cooked, uh, but uh, with modern technology. Uh, what is done is uh, it's called flash pasteurization, and in flash pasteurization, you uh, you you, step, you heat up the wine. Uh, yeah. In other words, you're just, what you're saying it used to be it killed the taste when you when you pasteurized the wine, the taste went out. Yeah, exactly. So now with flash pasteurization, you bring up the wine to a certain temperature. There are of course different uh, differences of opinions between. Uh, different it's, uh, it's very it's very small differences 
to what temperature exactly the wine is brought up. Uh, it's roughly around 200 Fahrenheit, but it's for like two or three seconds, and then the wine is cooled down very, very quickly uh, uh, once again. And uh, when done, done properly this way, when done properly, uh, uh, the, the wine uh, uh, remains, uh, uh, remains fine, and this is a method that is being used also by non-kosher wineries throughout the wine world, uh, some very prestigious names out there, uh, as part of the process to remove bacteria uh, from uh, wine and that. So it does not, it does not harm the wine if it is done properly. Now, can you tell the difference? Uh, yes and no. Uh, even I, as a professional, if I taste a, a, a wine that is neutral and that is and that the, 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 the neutral process is done properly, uh, such as all of the Herzog wines, for instance, uh, I cannot that they are that, that they are mevushal. Uh, if I taste it, the same wine side by side, a mevushal version and a non-mevushal version, I will be able. I professional with a lot of practice, experience in tasting wine, I will be able to tell, to tell the difference, but it's very, very subtle. So no, the average, uh, the average person a, won't be able to tell the difference, but you are the wine expert, so you can taste the difference between that. That's so, right. That's right. But I, I, I would like to add that even when I do taste the, the, the difference, uh, it's not that one wine is, uh, is lesser than the other in, uh, in quality. It's just that the Mvusha wine would usually taste a little softer than uh, than, than the non-Mvusha. It would be usually a bit easier to drink uh, because that's what what the what the what the flash pressurization does. Uh, it's going to, uh, to soften up a little bit the taste and the acidity in the wine, and uh, and and that's where I will pick up the difference. Uh, but it's 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 extremely subtle, and sometimes. It's very hard to tell, and it can take me a few minutes to actually figure it out. So what you're saying, I learned two things. Then. Number one, that with the new process of flash pasteurization, that, you know, and you do it properly, you can't really tell the difference in wines. And from what I'm hearing from even wines that are not kosher are using the flash pasteurization because it has benefits to doing it that way. That's right. Wow. Amazing. Would you say how many, like, are there a lot of non-mavushal wines that Kedem has, or is it most primarily wines that uh, that are mavushal? Uh, honestly, I don't know what the percentage is, uh, but we do have a lot of mavushal, and we have a lot of mavushal. Maybe it's 50-50, maybe it's 60-40. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, it's a good question. It's a good question. Uh, but we do, we, do, we do have a lot of mavushal wines. Uh, because in America, uh, in America, it's uh, it's a requirement in restaurants and catering halls uh, to uh, to serve only the Bushel wine. Uh, it's not a requirement uh, for the most part in Israel, and in Europe, in, in Europe it depends. But in many in many places in Europe, uh, restaurants also serve not the Bushel wine. Uh, so it's more like a cultural and uh, and local uh, local standard uh, and. Uh, and uh -huh. so the, the American market demands demands Mavushal wine, and that is why uh, we have a high percentage of Mavushal wines in the portfolio. So in America, Mavushal wines is what the restaurants will serve in Europe and Israel. It's a different standard, so they allow non-Mavushal wines. Well, very interesting. 
Dave Geller, Director of Public Relations, Manager of Wine Education, Kenham Royal Wines. Thank you for giving us some very interesting information regarding Mavushal wines and non-Mavushal wines, but whatever it is, if you get it from Kenham, you know that you're going to get the quality wines no matter which one you get. So thank you for educating us. Thank you, Zev. It was my pleasure, as always. And, and next week we'll start looking at the good wines for Shavuos. And you've been, you've been listening to the Kedem Wine Corner here on the TalkLine Network. I'm Dr. Dave Choksi. I recently received my COVID-19 vaccine. And while I'm grateful for the protection that it offers me, like so many others who have been vaccinated, I was thinking about what it means for my loved ones as well. For instance, my daughter finally getting to see her grandparents and making up for a year of lost hugs. I also know that every shot brings us closer to a city that is protected from COVID-19. It's up to us to roll up our sleeves, including New Yorkers who have had COVID-19, like I did, once they've recovered. To my fellow New Yorkers who have already been vaccinated, I have some doctor's orders for you. Please share why you got vaccinated with your family and your neighbors. Help answer their questions by sharing your experience. We need your stories to spread faster than the virus. That's how we're going to turn the corner on this pandemic together. TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. TalkLine Radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the TalkLine network and TalkLine's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at talklinenetwork.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. For a limited time, you can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for the lowest price ever. Regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. MyPillow is patented and adjusts to any sleep position. It's washable and dryable, comes with a 10-year warranty and 100% made in the USA. I'm also giving you deep discounts on all my MyPillow products, including my bed sheets, mattress toppers, and bath towels. That's $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow and deep discounts on all my MyPillow products. Not only are you getting the lowest prices ever, but they're going to make the best gifts ever. Buy now and I'll extend my 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. I use my pillow, and you can use them to get a great night's sleep. Just use promo code TALKLINE by calling 800-975-5892. Again, that's 1-800-975-5892. My pillow. Great gifts. Great for you and your family. This is Isaac from Kosher Gold CBD Oil, the purest CBD oil in the world. I just want to let you know that this video show that you have is unbelievable. Unbelievable. People call me in from all types of walks from all over the world. It's exciting to hear people are mamish all over the world calling me from the program on the Zebrenner show, Matsya Shabbos, and they're interested in, in, in buying this oil. And there's so many different oils available, even with the Hatcher. But people heard the conversation, they heard their interview, and they're excited about this. I just want to let you know this is paying off big time. The advertisement is huge. 
and can't wait to have another interview with you. For more information, contact the Talkline Broadcasting Corporation at 212-769-1925. Again, that number, 212-769-1925. Welcome back to the program. Mom Zev Brenner to Israel. We go. It's a heavy heart. Everybody is aware of the terrible tragedy that happened a couple of days ago on Lag Bomer, where at least 45 Israelis were crushed to death. Actually, it wasn't just Israelis. It was Jews from around the world, primarily, mostly Israeli. 150 were injured, 20 critically during a stampede in Maron in northern Israel on the Jewish festival of Lag Bomer. With us right now is Uriel Goldberg, International Relations Coordinator and Paramedic for MDA, Mug and Adam, that was on this scene. So, Uriel, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, from all the reports that I've seen and people that I've spoken to in Israel, is it seems that you know this was a tragedy waiting to happen. So, thank God it didn't happen in previous years. It was a miracle. So, MDA didn't just get there when it happened. So, you were there beforehand and you were preparing. So, tell us about what happened prior to the stampede. So this year, as in previous years, Magendav Zadom was uh, providing medical assistance at the at the site, and our teams were there from the day before. From the day before, people started going up to Maron. Uh, the day before, we actually had a drill simulating uh, what could go wrong and how the teams would would react. We were there with approximately 230 ambulances and hundreds of volunteers spread out across the entire mountain, and they were there providing regular assistance as well. So people not feeling well, we had a a a, a, mock, a clinic there. We had a, our ambulances, we had our vehicles, and throughout the evening and the, in the previous day, they were treating and there in case something happened. Now every year you're there, and you're providing because you have so many people going. It's over a hundred thousand. This I think it was one hundred and fifty thousand. I heard the numbers as high as that. So you always have a presence to provide medical assistance to those that need it. Did you ever anticipate that something like this can happen? What happened in Lag Bomer? Every year we plan for the worst, and it's not just on Maron. For any any uh, event which, which we go to, and all year round, we're always prepared. Israel, unfortunately, uh, and because of that, we have a lot of uh, uh, experience. Suffered from a number of mass casualties and terror attacks, so we're always prepared for the unexpected and for the worst situation. And this year as well, we were there with the teams. We were hoping we were hoping nothing would happen and that uh, we could breathe we could breathe a uh, sigh of relief once uh, once Lagbama was over. Unfortunately, this year uh, it didn't happen like that. Now, when you simulated the and you had an exercise for the worst scenarios. Did you plan for what actually happened? Was that part of the drill? The drill isn't exactly a stampede. It could be uh, um, if a building there would collapse, uh, as we thought would happen in the beginning. Uh, we, we thought the bleachers had, uh, had collapsed. Right? For any incident where numerous people are injured. So it doesn't really, it doesn't really um, focus on one specific, um, one specific area. It's just in general uh, how, how we would react if an incident occurs. But when you, but obviously before the, any event, you probably assess the area and look to see what the possibilities are. Was that part of the, what the possibility was that could have a situation that would actually happen where people would just stampede and the entrances blocked and there weren't enough ways of exiting, uh, which is a calamity. Um, so I guess you assess the situation beforehand, correct? 
That's correct. Our expectation wasn't for a stampede. That's not what we uh, what we generally plan for. It was in the back of our minds, but it's usually more of a of something collapsing. If it was a building, or or an area which would collapse because of the number of people. Now, because you had hundreds of volunteers there, and you also had medical teams, and you had ambulances, so I would assume that you went into action as soon as something happened in Marone. At Mount Moron, you were there. So tell us what happened exactly at the moment when this whole thing began to unravel. The moment that the, that the incident occurred, uh, our, volunteer, our volunteers were already on scene. They already started uh, reporting back to the command and control center, which was in Moron, and back to our, our national operations center in Kiratono. And from the first few seconds, we had a picture of what was going on there. Uh, they immediately started treating. Uh, we in the, in the National Operations Center started preparing the hospitals, preparing the blood services for blood, and raising the level of alert across across the organisation to uh, move start moving ambulances, helicopters up to the north uh, in order to uh, to be fully prepared for for the incidents. So by being prepared and doing the exercises beforehand, so as tragic as it was, there was 45 lives lost, but it could have been a lot more. And due to MDA, Morgan David Dome's efforts and presence on the ground, a lot of lives were saved. Definitely. If, uh, if our volunteers wouldn't have started the treatment uh, as quickly as they did, I'm sure there'd be more people um, who, who wouldn't have survived, uh, survived the incident. And, and the fact that we were able to evacuate so quickly to hospital, if it was with the ambulances which were already stationed, uh, on the mountain, if it was the special vehicles which we had, which could reach areas which our regular ambulances couldn't, and if it was ours and the idea of helicopters which were able to transport patients, to evacuate the patients from uh, uh, from local hospitals to the more central hospitals in Israel to, uh, to uh, kind of steady the flow to the hospitals and make sure uh, there wasn't too much going to those uh, in the north. So that's amazing. It's not just that you had ambulances and a team and prepared, but you had helicopters, and also, from what I heard, you also had blood because most of the time, you know, you think you just have ambulances, but you were fully prepared, including with blood. That's something which I think is important to, for people to know. That's something which is very unique to Magendavididon, the fact that we're Israel's national EMS organization and blood services. That means as soon as there's any kind of disaster, if it's a, uh, if it's a terror attack uh, or, or or this kind of event on uh, on Iran, our blood services automatically receive the same reports which we do. They know how many people are injured, uh, in what condition, which hospitals they're going to, and they can already start preparing. And they also know uh, how many units of blood every hospital has. They can immediately start preparing uh, blood and start sending them to hospitals preemptively to make sure that uh, no hospital will run out of blood whilst treating someone. Oriel Goldberg is our guest, and coordinating the efforts and MDA did an Israel an amazing, amazing job. But let me ask you the question, because when you have mass casualties and you have 45 dead and you have over 100 that are wounded, some very seriously and critically, what kind of impact does it have on your volunteers being in an emergency situation like that? Our volunteers and MDA in general have a lot of experience, as we said before, with um, uh, mass casualties, terror attacks, and horrific sites. But I think this one uh, was a lot worse than anything any of our volunteers or employees have seen uh, in recent uh, recent history. Uh, and that's why we are working on a psychological first aid and we've reached out to every single member of staff who was involved in the incident. Uriel Goldberg, International Relations Coordinator and Paramedic for MDA Mug and Dove at Adome, I want to thank you for your service. 
really saved lives by being there and being prepared. And thank God that that you were on the ground. If people want to help and get involved and learn more, which I urge you to do, go to redstarforisrael.org. That's redstarforisrael.org. We're going to be right back. Don't go away. Stay tuned. All New Yorkers 16 and older can now get COVID-19 vaccines. And we have one thing to say. Woohoo! It's your turn. Make an appointment today. Visit nyc.gov slash vaccine finder or call 877-VAX-4NYC. All New Yorkers 16 and older can now get COVID-19 vaccines. And we have one thing to say. Woohoo! It's your turn. Make an appointment today. Visit nyc.gov slash vaccine finder or call 877-VAX-4NYC. COVID-19 vaccines are now available to all New Yorkers 16 and older. Help us get one shot closer to a COVID-free NYC. Make an appointment today. Visit nyc.gov slash vaccine finder or call 877-VAX-4NYC. Are you interested in hosting your own radio show and podcast or perhaps a TV program? Talkline Network can help you get on the air from one hour weekly to 24 hours a day. Ideal for ethnic, foreign language, medical, business, and religious broadcasting. We also have full-time radio stations for lease, as well as FM HD channels. For more information, please call 212-769-1925. That's 212-769-1925. Or email zevbrenner at gmail.com. To all New Yorkers 16 and older who need COVID-19 vaccines, we'd like to welcome you to get yours. It's your turn. Make an appointment today. Visit nyc.gov slash vaccine finder or call 877-VAX-4-NYC. Hi, this is Ann Crane Lowy, life insurance and financial specialist. What life insurance to get? Once you determine how much you need, the next step is to decide what type of coverage is right for you. There are two basic types of life insurance to choose from, permanent and term. Permanent offers protection for life, which means your beneficiaries will receive a death benefit no matter how long you live. Whole life insurance is one type of permanent coverage that also accumulates guaranteed cash value. Term is designed to provide coverage for a specific period of time. The initial premiums for term may be lower than for a comparable amount of permanent coverage. However, there is no cash value component with term life insurance. A good way to understand the difference between permanent and term is to compare owning a home to renting one. A person's life insurance often changes as a person's as its life develops, and therefore a person has different financial needs during various stages of their life. I take this into consideration when working with a client. Life insurance can be the foundation of any sound financial plan. The money your beneficiaries receive in the event of your death can help protect your family's financial security. The decision to purchase life insurance should be based on long-term financial goals and the need for a death benefit. Life insurance is not an appropriate vehicle for short-term saving or short-term investment. For any questions, please call me at 646-335-5519. That's 646-335-5519. Shabbat Don't blow a fuse because you're having trouble making a connection with an electrician. Hershey Framowitz and his licensed crew at Safety Electric take pride in responding quickly and safely to all your electrical needs. Whether large or small, private or commercial, Safety Electric is here to service you at prices that are affordable, especially during these trying times. 
They do new meters, remove violations, new wiring, and camera systems, as well as renovations and 220-volt wiring. Safety Electric is light years ahead of the competition. So for quality work, reasonable prices, and your satisfaction guaranteed, please call 347-645-4321 for a free quote and take charge of all your electrical needs. That's 347-645-4321. Please mention you heard it on TalkLine and get 20% off your electrical job. Call 347-645-4321 for your 20% discount. To all New Yorkers 16 and older who need COVID-19 vaccines, we'd like to welcome you to get yours. It's your turn. Make an appointment today. Visit nyc.gov slash vaccine finder or call 877-VAX4NYC. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Here is your host. Welcome back to the program, Mom. Zev Brenner, always a treat, always a privilege, always an honor to have Rabbi Dr. Aaron Glad with us. Uh, he is knowledgeable both in halacha and medicine. He's written books, including Visiting the Sick and Woman in the Talmud. He certainly is an expert when it comes to medicine. He's currently chairman of medicine and chief of infectious diseases hospital, epidemiologist at Mount Sinai South NASA Hospital. He's a professor of medicine at the Econ School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. He also serves as assistant rabbi at Young Israel Woodmere. So thank you for joining us again. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, thank you. And this is a technicality of the associate rabbi, the Young Israel Woodmere. Associate rabbi, okay. So... The question that I'm getting from people, I'm fully vaccinated. I go to different shuls, and I see a kind of one shul I walk in, and if you're wearing a mask under your nose, they want to throw you out because they say you have to be fully covered. You go to another shul, and they look at you funny if you're wearing a mask over your nose and say, what, do you have, what are you doing it for? COVID is over. People have been vaccinated. And most shuls, people have been, most of the people are vaccinated. So what should one do? People are confused. So, so I think there there is a... a a, a misunderstanding by some people as to uh, some of the facts. So I think it's important to clarify that. And then each shul, the Rav of each shul, needs to make policies based upon the circumstances, the facts, and the physical plans of their shul. So the facts are that if a person is truly, fully vaccinated, which means that they've received, if it's the Moderna or Pfizer product, two doses of that vaccine, and it's been at least two weeks from the second dose of the vaccine, they are at extremely low risk of either transmitting COVID or getting COVID. Doesn't mean that there's zero risk. They are at very, very low risk. These vaccines are unbelievably good. They're efficacious, they are safe, and certainly should be taken. For people in that setting, a shul can have a policy where those people and only the fully vaccinated people can be maskless and can sit closer together. However, a shul cannot just simply assume that most of the people are vaccinated and that all guests coming in are vaccinated, and certainly children, certainly below the age of 16, and even many above the age of 16, are not yet vaccinated. And they have to be considered like unvaccinated people when shuls make policy decisions as to whether they can remove masking and distancing requirements, and are they safe in doing so for all members of the shul. The love of a shul has a responsibility to make sure that all of the congregants in a shul feel comfortable to daven in that base madrash, in that base classes. And therefore, they have to have policies that all people can feel comfortable with. And sometimes that may require having more than one minion and having different levels of concern at different minyanim. 
outdoor minyanim are, are, are certainly very, very safe. And if the majority of people are vaccinated in an outdoor minyan, that is a different setting than in a, a, a tight, small, uh, base medrash type of a, a shtibble packed in together where people are coming and going and we don't know who has been vaccinated. And people who've had COVID in the past are not in the same classification as people that are vaccinated. So there's a lot of science that needs to be understood. There's policies that need to be established by the local rabbonim in conjunction with the uh, experts, the mumchen, the physicians in their shul or outside of their shul that can provide them with expert advice so they can follow the established medical facts and make the best decisions for that shul. The CDC has put out guidelines. I put out some guidelines as well to help shuls try to um, figure out what they can possibly do indoors, outdoors, uh, majority vaccinated, all vaccinated, where there's a mixture of unknown uh, status of vaccination, so they can maintain and make sure that the shuls are safe places to dive in, to learn, to have smachot, and to have all the wonderful activities we'd love to have in a shul as safe way as possible. It'll be tragic if everybody assumed that COVID is over, because it's not. There are actually more cases today worldwide than there were a few months ago. But not in the United and, States, uh, though. Uh, not in New York. No, Baruch, Baruch Hashem, not in our area. But the concern is if we're not careful. And again, careful doesn't mean not being able to go maskless, not being able to uh, eliminate distancing. It means that if you're not careful about having people that are unvaccinated in your indoor minyanim, that is a potential concern. We have people traveling on business to all different parts of the world, and they can come back in some of these varying strains. There are concerns about them. We don't know whether the vaccines will work as perfectly well against some of these varying strains. We just don't have enough information. The available information suggests that they certainly still will be somewhat, if not highly effective, against these varying strains, but we just don't know. So the better part of pikuach nefashos is to consider all suffix pikuach nefashos situations from a halachic point of view and be concerned about them. Now, in some situations, it may not be a halachic concern. Halacha doesn't require us to take into account every single potential concern. We have principles of dosh be rabin, that if something is considered an infrequent enough incidents, then you're allowed to go and do this. You can cross the street, even though some people hit by a car. You can take a shower, even though some people fall and, and, and get a serious head injury by slipping in a shower. But these are situations where dosh be rabin, the common accepted practices that people are willing to take those risks. But that doesn't mean that you can take inappropriate risks. You can't cross the street against the red light and assume that it's just perfectly safe to do so. You have to look both ways. You have to be very, very careful to make sure that, that you won't get hurt. So the same thing applies in a shul. You just can't assume everyone is vaccinated. You just can't assume COVID is over. You need to look at the facts in your particular shul, in your particular neighborhood, what is going on from a public health point of view. Are people traveling? Are people sick? Nobody should be coming to shul still if they have symptoms of COVID because that still would be a concern in my mind. Would it make more sense for shuls where majority of people are vaccinated that they don't have to wear a mask, but those who aren't vaccinated should wear a mask? Absolutely. I, I think that even if you're diving in a shul where most of the people are vaccinated, if you're not vaccinated, you should wear a mask. You are potentially putting people at risk. And while, Baruch Hashem, most vaccinated people will not get sick, even those that do get sick will not get very sick, if you're not vaccinated, you should still be wearing a mask and you should still be distancing from other people because you are potentially a threat to them.
Now, what I see in shuls, even outdoor minyanim, where people are wearing a mask and social distance, when it comes to kiddush, all of a sudden, forget about it. Everybody's crowding together, and they're not wearing a mask and eating. So what's the rule? What should we be doing with even places where people are wearing masks when it comes to kiddush? So the CDC discusses outdoor events and says that, in general, if people are vaccinated at outdoor events, they're very safe. But the one caveat that they have is that if there is large congregate settings, if there are a large crowd, if there are a significant number of people all crowding around the table, that would be somewhat of a concern. Now, I can't tell you how much of a concern. And if most people are vaccinated, the concern is quite minimal. But again, a little seichel. Everybody doesn't have to be on top of everybody else. You can still go to the kiddush. You can still sit. You can have a beautiful outdoor kiddush. Again, it should be done with seichel. It should be done following the guidelines. And again, if people are not vaccinated, that does pose more of a risk than if people are, are in fact, vaccinated. Let's look indoors because a lot of shuls are indoors, and I see caution goes to the wind when it comes to kiddush time. So, again, the concerns are, are even more for an indoor kiddush. So, again, if people are vaccinated, the risk level is much lower, but there still shouldn't be large packed crowds all around the table. I think that that is probably not the ideal situation ever without COVID. It's not the Hovadik to everybody grabbing and pushing and shoving. It's not even the Hovadik to do that, never mind the medical potential concerns. But assuming that people are acting in an appropriate fashion, there are, there are lines, there are uh, take turns for people to go, and they're not all jam-packed. Certainly, if they're mostly, if not all, vaccinated, then the risk is very low. Again, I don't know what the circumstances in every shul in terms of truly are people vaccinated. There are people out there that aren't vaccinated still, especially younger crowd, haven't been eligible for vaccines till recently, or still might not be eligible for vaccines because of their age. And there are all these people, unfortunately, that have chosen not to take the vaccine. When you're putting all of those people together in a small indoor setting, it's an unknown risk. And even the people that are vaccinated, while Baruch Hashem, they're at a very low risk. I cannot say it's a zero risk. Now, here's a scenario. You're at a wedding, a large wedding hall, people not wearing masks. Uh, food is being served. Can you take off your mask and eat food in a corner where you're not near people? Is that safe? <laughs> think if a person is vaccinated, that's a reasonable thing to do. So there, there should be really no risk if somebody's staying away from people and just eating in a corner. They don't have to go outdoors. They can eat indoors as long as they're not next to people. As I said, I think it's a reasonable thing to do. It's, it's impossible to ever say there's no risk, but I think it's a very reasonable thing to do. It falls into my categorization of dosh be'rabim. This is something that's acceptable. A person's not going k'neged halacha in that situation. Uh, to sit around with 30, 40 bachrim from the chassan's friends. Many of them may not be um, vaccinated. And for a person who is at more at risk of getting COVID um, to join that group, I'm not sure what the, um, you know, the reasonableness of that would be. I, I would think even if you're vaccinated, that wouldn't be a setting that I would want to participate in. Rabbi Dr. Aaron Glad is our guest. What about situation? I'm hearing for so many people saying, you know what? I had COVID once. I had COVID twice, they said. And so therefore, you know, I have antibodies. I don't need a vaccine. I don't need to wear a mask. I, what's, what's your thoughts? So those people seem to know more than the CDC. Uh, the CDC recommends in that situation that people uh, who have had COVID still get vaccinated. And unless those people are expert infectious disease people themselves and have a 
freaking medical right to potentially disagree with the CDC, so then they shouldn't be making those pronouncements. The CDC doesn't recognize antibodies. Now, I personally think, and I think most people in the CDC also would agree that antibodies do present uh, a level of immunity that we just aren't sure, and we're not sure how long that immunity will last. So in practical usage, different laboratories have different numbers that are used. It's unclear what the value is. Having antibodies certainly is of some benefit in preventing second COVID, a second episode of COVID, but there are many cases of such being reported. So therefore, it is certainly not as good as being vaccinated. I wouldn't lump the two together to say a vaccinated person and a person who had COVID a year ago, Pesach time last year, are in the same boat in terms of getting COVID. Uh, at the present time, the vaccinated person is at extremely low risk, and the person who had COVID last Pesach is at a low risk, but still a risk, and a much higher risk than a vaccinated person from a statistical point of view. And those people, the CDC does recommend should get vaccinated. Because in certain neighborhoods, I go into Borough Park, for example, and other neighborhoods where people look at you funny if you're wearing a mask, saying, listen, we have herd immunity. Most of the people here had COVID, so therefore we're not taking the vaccine or certain we're not wearing the mask. And you hear that. So what you're saying, you can't rely on that. But how do we change people's perception because it's so pervasive in certain areas? So, again, the only way to change people's practices and perceptions is to try to educate them as best as possible. And I unfortunately remember around Hanukkah time, uh, this past three, four, five months ago, when we had a very significant significant second wave, everybody said, oh, those communities will be spared because they have herd immunity and they, they won't have any attacks. And Nebuch, we all know that people in those communities as well were, were, were sick and Nebuch, there were deaths even in those communities. So there is a higher level of prior COVID in those communities than in some other communities, but, but every community is different. I can't give you a number. I doubt that most people can give you a number of how many people in their in their shul are actually truly medically immune based upon having COVID a year ago, and how many of them actually had COVID. There was diagnostic testing was not necessarily available. Some people who had lost their sense of taste, lost their sense of smell, had other viral illnesses other than COVID, and COVID was never established. Some of these people have had antibodies and have lost antibodies. What does that mean? So there's so many unknowns. And when you're dealing with a simple solution, such as getting vaccinated, to me, that is what medically is indicated. That is what the CDC and the experts recommend. Now, some people are saying, you know, I got the, the double vaccine, and uh, yes, you know, there was a slight risk, but even if one were to get COVID after being vaccinated, it's so mild in most cases, so therefore we can go on life as normal, not wear the mask and avoid all the distancing and the guidelines that we have. What do you say to them? So, as I, as I mentioned, the risk is very low, and the SSHM, even if they do get COVID, they're hopefully going to get a much milder form. They may even not have any symptoms. They could just potentially transmit. They wouldn't even have symptoms themselves, or they would have mild symptoms. But again, it must be pointed out that a very small percentage, Baruch Hashem, very, very low percentage of people still can get more serious illness. And there, unfortunately, have been deaths even in that population. I don't want to scare people. It's a very, very low number, but that's the rationale behind being a little bit more careful in an indoor setting when you're dealing with a lot of unvaccinated people. But Baruch Hashem, you want to have family or friends over for lunch, everybody's vaccinated, isn't to hate. That's now allowable. That's perfectly kosher. 
That is not a dangerous activity. You want to go and uh, have uh, activities outside. There's almost no restrictions on a person who's vaccinated. They can talk with other people without a mask. They just shouldn't go in large settings, large crowds, according to the CDC. And even that is probably still a low risk. So we're just trying to make that risk as close to zero as possible. And at the same time, go back to life. If you can essentially dive in the shoe without a mask because people are vaccinated, if you can have a simcha without having to wear masks because people are vaccinated, if you can even have kiddushin done in a safe way, what are we missing out on? Why are we not trying to still make sure that those people that never the vaccine doesn't work for them? There are some adults that the vaccine doesn't work for them. Should those people not be allowed to come to a minion anymore? What should we do about children that haven't yet been vaccinated? What do we do about all these potential variant strains that we don't know the seriousness of them? So if we were saying close the shuls, close the yeshivas, that would be crazy. We're not saying that. We're not saying to really change much about the way we're doing things. We're just telling people to be a little extra cautious. You know, if people have been double vaccinated and they're and waited the two weeks and you said there's a low risk of transmission uh, or of getting it again, it's low, wouldn't that fall in the principle of dust because the numbers are so statistically small, you want to protect people. But if it's going back to normal, wouldn't it make more sense that uh, maybe they should just not have to wear a mask, even if a few people are, are, have not been vaccinated because of the principle of dust, that life is back to normal and the risks are so low? So, again, it defines, it depends on how you define a low risk. There, unfortunately, are people that die in that situation. That, that's a serious risk, albeit a very low risk. But there's still and a possibility of death, even if you've been vaccinated. Yes. So it is a low risk. I don't want to scare people. The vaccines are phenomenally good. But at the same time, if the minimal risk that still might be present can be further minimized by just being a little bit more cautious in certain situations. So then that, to me, is the smart thing to do. That is what the CDC recommends. In most situations, again, when you're dealing with vaccinated people, essentially the risks are gone. And vaccinated people dealing with other vaccinated people, when he has that team, in my opinion, life is back to normal. Final question is, is that there's always been a certain amount of anti-vaxxers in our community. We saw that in the measles outbreak. In fact, they're talking about in Williamsburg and Borough Park, some other, you know, comebacks of some of these diseases. But have we seen now more anti-vaxxing activity in our community because people are buying into some of the conspiracy theories about the vaccinations? So I think that's a very good question. I think you have to differentiate two groups of people. There are those people that are anti-vaccine no matter what, for reasons that are unclear. They're not scientific. They're not halachic for certain. They're not medical. These people refuse to take a vaccine no matter what, no matter how well it's proven, no matter anything. There's a group of people that just refuse to take a vaccine. So it's a very vocal group. It's a very small group. I won't discuss them at this point. What I'd like to discuss is all the people that aren't Lashita anti-vaccine, but have legitimate concerns. They're hesitant. They have questions, legitimate questions. And those are the people that I try to answer their questions with the best signs that we have available. I was one of the first people to take the vaccine. I think it's perfectly good, and Baruch Hashem, that's shown to be correct. But I can understand that some people may have been hesitant to take it originally. But now, over a 
billion people in the world have been vaccinated with one of the many different vaccines that are out there. They have been shown to be unbelievably effective in preventing death, in preventing serious COVID. So I'm hopeful that many of the people that may have been hesitant originally because it's new will now say we now have six, eight, ten months of data on some people. We have seen unbelievably good strength of these vaccines in terms of preventing serious illness, intubation, and death. It's phenomenally good. Eretz Yisrael has opened up again. There are no deaths now in Eretz Yisrael from COVID. That, that's the most phenomenal and best news that we could possibly hear. And at the same time, the safety concerns that people have are being addressed as well. The fact that the one in, a, in hundreds of thousands of blood clots could be picked up through the VAERS system, the government system of checking these vaccines, is the best proof that we do have a good handle on all of these rare complications that could occur. And I'm not saying that there won't be ever a rare complication, but in public health and in halacha, you have to view overall what's good for society. And for every individual, the expectation is that they will get tremendous benefit from medications from vaccines, even though every medication has side effects from it, the people will still undergo important life-saving heart surgery, recognizing that some people will die from it. People will take a medication knowing that some people will have an adverse reaction from it. You must do what's appropriate and best based upon medicine and halacha. And I'm hoping that the people that are vaccine hesitant will ignore the nonsense that's being put out there about infertility. There are studies now showing that pregnancy uh, 35,000 pregnant women who were vaccinated and just published in the New England Journal of Medicine. There's zero increased incidence of complications. There's never been any evidence, and it's Schecker, to say that these vaccines cause infertility. These vaccines are, are life-saving. And the people, I'm hoping, that have been hesitant to use these vaccines because there hasn't been enough experience will now realize that we have a tremendously positive experience with these vaccines and that each person should hopefully revisit if they've been hesitant and discuss with their doctor what are the facts and not listen to nonsense. So people are saying that if you walk near a person who's been vaccinated, you could become, uh, your menstrual cycle could become uh, abnormal and that you could become infertile. I mean, that's, that's ludicrous. That's nonsense. That's put out by people who are interested in, in just hurting other people. There's no evidence of that whatsoever. It doesn't even make any sense. And, and, and those types of allegations are, are just totally wrong. And I beg and implore people to, to listen to science. That's what the halacha says we're supposed to do, to listen to the rofe mumcha, to listen to the expert doctors. And, and, and if you're hesitant, ask those questions. But please then listen to the answers and don't be swayed by social media and, and nonsense that's out there on the Internet. Very well said, and you are an expert, Rabbi Dr. Aaron Glatt. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your perspective. And I think people, hopefully people will take to heart what you have said. Dr. Glatt, Rabbi Dr. Glatt is Chairman of Medicine and Chief of Infectious Diseases at, at Mount Sinai South NASA Hospital, also the Associate Rabbi, Young Israel Woodmere. Thank you for joining us. It's always my pleasure, Zeb. Thank you for having me. All New Yorkers 16 and older can now get COVID-19 vaccines. And we have one thing to say. Woohoo! 
Woohoo! It's your turn. Make an appointment today. Visit nyc.gov slash vaccine finder or call 877-VAX-4NYC. COVID-19 vaccines are now available to all New Yorkers 16 and older. Help us get one shot closer to a COVID-free NYC. Make an appointment today. Visit nyc.gov slash vaccine finder or call 877-VAX-4NYC. Are you interested in hosting your own radio show and podcast or perhaps a TV program? Talkline Network can help you get on the air from one hour weekly to 24 hours a day. Ideal for ethnic, foreign language, medical, business, and religious broadcasting. We also have full-time radio stations for lease, as well as FM HD channels. For more information, please call 212-769-1925. That's 212-769-1925. Or email zevrenner at gmail.com. Are you unhappy with your old and unnatural-looking dentures? Do you want to replace your missing teeth with implants that feel strong and healthy? If so, then you should schedule an appointment with Dr. Tomechi. Dr. Tomechi is at the forefront of dental implantology and has been a faculty member of the NYU Department of Periodontics and Implantology for over 14 years. He's the founder of Dental Implant Surgical Seminar, or DISS. This is an implant training school for doctors learning implant treatments on live patients while providing free care to underprivileged communities. With Dr. Tomechi's use of computer-guided implant placement and 3D imaging, the exact placement of teeth is achieved even before being placed into the patient. Services range from the most difficult cases, such as full mouth implants, sinus lifts, and major bone grafting to a simple, single implant. Sedation services are also available upon request. Come in for your complimentary consult at Dr. Mechie's state-of-the-art office in Astoria, Queens, and obtain the beautiful smile you've always wanted and at a reasonable price. Call today at 718-956-7800. Once again, 718-956-7800. Or visit drterchi.com for more information. COVID-19 vaccines are now available to all New Yorkers 16 and older. Help us get one shot closer to a COVID-free NYC. Make an appointment today. Visit nyc.gov slash vaccine finder or call 877-VAX-4NYC. We hope you've enjoyed tonight's broadcast. Please become a fan of Talkline with Zev Brenner on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter. We're at Talkline Network. And you can catch our Jewish program on the radio Monday through Wednesday night, 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. Thursday nights from 7 p.m. till 11 p.m. Saturday nights, all Jewish, all Saturday nights from 9 p.m. till 4 a.m. Of course, here's Sunday nights on WR, 9 to 10 p.m. We're 24 hours a day at TalkLineNetwork.com. TalkLineNetwork.com. You can also catch our 24-hour day listen line on your phone, 641 641-741-0389. Eight, nine, and we hope you tune into our broadcast. We are America's only Jewish radio programs and regular broadcast radio on the Internet and digital platforms. Stay tuned next here on WOR for the one and only Yitzhak Safalis and Mind Your Business, an excellent, excellent program coming up in just a few moments. Thank you for listening and again. Join us tomorrow night, Monday, 7 o'clock, WSNR, 620 a.m. and 24 hours a day. Check us out at TalkLineNetwork.com. This concludes TalkLine's Jewish broadcasts on radio for tonight. For continuous Jewish programs, please go now to TalkLineNetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or JewishPodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the TalkLineNetwork.com. Thank you for tuning in to TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.